Welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. The Championship Vision Podcast is about coaches impacting coaches. We believe that coach mentoring is an essential part of coaches getting better at their craft in our profession. We bring in the best high school basketball coaches in the country to share their vision on what it takes to run a successful basketball program. So stay tuned for another edition of the Championship Vision Podcast with your host, Coach Kevin Furtado, the head girls basketball coach at Walnut Grove High School in Loganville, Georgia. Coaches, welcome uh, to the Championship Vision Podcast. Uh, we have a special guest with us today, right from New York, from Rome, New York, man. We're excited to have you. Um, so we're at episode 253, Nick. So this is, uh, we've done quite a few of them, and we're so excited to have you on because uh, we're doing a series on press defensive coaches, and you fit right into that. So uh, we got Nick Medesis, correct? Did I say yeah. that correctly? Yeah. And uh, we're so honored to have you. Coach, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. So uh, I grew up in Syracuse, New York. I was a diehard Syracuse basketball fan. <laughs> Season tickets growing up. So, you know, the two threes kind of in the blood a little bit. But uh, they high. That's right. Absolutely. But uh, <laughs> I grew up in Syracuse, went to uh, Cicero North Syracuse High School. Um, I went on to SUNY Cortland, which is a big phys ed school. Ended up playing baseball at, at Cortland. Uh, as soon as I finished up at Cortland, I, I knew I wanted to coach. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was basketball or baseball. I, I, I love basketball. I was a better baseball player, but I, I really wanted to get into the X's and O's of basketball. So uh, I went down to five-star and worked five-star camp a couple of summers and you know, learned a ton down there. Uh, after college, I was asked by um, my old coach at CNS to come help out as an assistant coach. Uh, and I didn't realize at the time we had Patrick Corbin, who now pitches with the nationals was hmm. a basketball player had never played. Wasn't really a baseball guy at the time. He, we kind of uh -huh. got talked into playing baseball and it kind of worked out for him, but uh, helped out at CNS for a year. And then uh, I ended up emailing 135 uh, athletic directors about possible basketball openings. One got back to me. Uh, I interviewed and got the job at 24 years old. So I've been at Rome Free Academy 14 years. I'm going on year 15. I've been there since 2007. That says a lot about your persistence, Matt. That's a great, for all those coaches out there who are looking for jobs, send out a lot of resumes. You got to be persistent, right? Absolutely. Because you just don't know. I mean, I wasn't looking 
you know, I was, I was in Syracuse at the time. I wasn't looking to move to Rome or didn't know a ton about Rome, but I knew they, you know, were a bigger school in the area. And I, like I said, I emailed 135 athletic directors and one got back. So you just never know. All it takes is one, right? I mean, that's all it takes is one. Um, And I I know, uh, I know Rome Freak, I know know they're excited to have you, Coach. Uh, I know you've done a great job there. Tell us a little bit about Rome Free Academy. What part of New York, where do they compete in? And uh, what kind of kids do you have there at, at your academy? So Rome Free Academy is not a private school, despite the fact that it says academy. A free academy, for whatever reason, means public school. So we are a public school. We are a double A school, which is the biggest classification in New York. So we are about 45 minutes east of Syracuse. So you you think of Albany, you think of Syracuse. We're kind of dead set in the middle. Um, When I got there, um, it was a struggling program. Uh, I was the third different coach in six months months when I got hired. So. there was some, some definite coaching uh, issues going on. It was a storied program. Uh, Coach Buddy Evans, uh, which many people know from Five Star Camp and from following Bobby Knight around for years at clinics, uh, was the old coach at RFA. He was a very successful coach. And once he left, I believe we were in like seven or eight coaches God. in about 10 or 12 years. And when I stepped in, we were on a 51-game losing streak. So uh, it was a tough time. So uh, for me, it was good because I was a young coach and I had an athletic director that let me fail and, and, and learn as I was going. So I came in and I remember in my interview, he asked me what I do. I said, I'm going to run the flex and I want to be a very disciplined team. And you know, fast forward 10 years, we press, we run, we don't run a lot of sets. Uh, we play the exact opposite of what I said when I was uh, in that interview, but I was very blessed that my athletic director gave me some leeway, let me experiment, let me try things, let me screw up and fail. And I learned from those mistakes. Um, so uh, th- that's kind of the story at Rome Free Academy. Um, you know, again, it-, it took a while to get going. I-, I-, I tried the flex. We were a Euro ball screen offense for about five or six years, and we did find some success with that. But it wasn't until we started pressing and we went into this chaos system that we really found success. Yeah, talk about, Coach, talk about identity. I think identity is actually, I think it's when you're coming into a program, I think it's number one. I think you have to find something to hang your hat on. Um, And I think psychologically it helps the kids out, helps you out, helps the community out. Why is it so important to find that identity? Well, I I think it's important because the kids want to know how they're going to play, what they're going to play, the style that they're going to play. They want to know if they can you know, buy in right away. And luckily for us, you know, uh, like I said, we tried different things. We were a flex team. We, we tried the system for a year. We went to the Euro ball screen offense for a couple of years. And then the chaos, it just fit our town. We're, we're a blue collar town. We have athletes. We like to run. We like to get up and down. Our guys like to get out to the Y and play fast and, and get up and down and, and they work hard. And I thought that really fit the, you know, the culture of what our, our town really is. And because of that, you know, our communities really bought in. Uh, we just ran our chaos camp. So now, you know, the kids are coming in and we call it the junior chaos and we're yeah. building everything off that chaos name. And 
Um, I spent the first 13 years at teaching at the elementary. I just moved up to the high school and, you know, it was an interesting year last year, but I was called the chaos guy more so than anything. And it just shows that people identify boys basketball in, in Rome with chaos. I think you got to have it. Of course, you know, I definitely believe in that coach. We're, uh, we're a little bit different. Uh, we're running stun. That, that, that's our program. It's, it's the same thing though. Right. It's, um, but I love the, uh, you mentioned here about, um, you kind of mentioned the switch to chaos a little bit, but talk about some of the guys who've had an influence on you going to the system. So we run our own AAU program. When we started, there was no AAU program and our guys were going to Syracuse and they were the worst guys on the team. So they were being let on, you know, they were paying their fee and paying for the best player to play. Uh, so we started our own um, AAU program and, you know, we were, like I said, we were okay. We were an average team. We were running the Euro ball screen offense and we had a group of, uh, I don't know how you say it politically correct. Now, really short players all right? we were lacking height. Okay. And um, my assistant, one of my assistant coaches who used to be a, a varsity coach said, you, you know, when you press and run, you know, good things happen. You know, you need to turn this game into a ping pong match. It's like, all right. So if we're going to do a ping pong match, who are, who are the coaches that we really have to study? Mm -hmm. So we spent a lot of time studying Paul Westhead. Uh, we were on the LMU break. Uh, we, we've watched many, many Paul Westhead games. Um, we've stolen a lot of stuff from that, those LMU years. Uh, we watched Grinnell, uh, watched, you know, how they implement the system. We're not a system team. We don't sub five in, five out. But there's concepts that we can steal from them uh, that, that's helped us out. And then we looked at who are some of the best pressing coaches and we thought Rick Pitino obviously with his white and black press Shaka sure. Smart I'm a huge huge Shaka Smart fan I loved him at VCU I wish he'd never left but I'm excited to see what <laughs> happens at Marquette yeah uh Bruce Pearl I think underrated coach especially when he was at uh Wisconsin Milwaukee was a very good pressing coach yeah and then the one that not a lot of people know about is Ryan McCarthy on the girls side I do great coach uh, great stuff um love his mayhem stuff. So uh, I, I, we really focused on those six coaches and tried to steal as much stuff and make it our own. That's a great stuff. And of course, I know that you run your two, two, one, very similar to uh, the coach at uh, uh, Alaska Anchorage with your, you trap with the guards a lot. Yes. Um, so I'm sure he had an influence on you. Yes. Um, talk about, yeah, this is what I love. You're trying to score within the eight, first eight to 10 seconds, which is not easy. You got to really play up and down and so forth. Talk about what is chaos. Uh, chaos is attacking basketball. Uh, we, it's our pro program's philosophy. Uh, you think havoc with VCU or mayhem with Alaska Anchorage on the women's side, uh, they have a brand and, and they, you know, stick with it. And that's kind of our mantra is chaos. We want to, you know, constantly attack on both offense and on defense. Um, people think of chaos and it's just our defense, but like you said, we want to score in the first eight to 10 seconds. We want to attack. We want to get the first good shot available. And if we do get into offense, we want to create one really long closeout and then make you scramble and play, you know, scrambling five on four defense. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of coaches say they're going to do that, but the, are they really committed? Do you have a time when you say, man, I don't, I don't know if this can work. Do you have any doubts in your mind? Yeah, we had, <laughs> we had <laughs> doubts going all the way into that first game. Um, the, the year that we put it in, uh, our, our two scrimmages got canceled. So we went into that first game. You know, in the summer, we said, all right, we're, we're not, we're not going to put uh, any rules on you. We want two things. We want you to play as fast as possible. And we want you to play as hard as possible on defense. And we'll give you freedom on offense if you play really, really hard on defense. And that's kind of how we started. We, we, we wanted them to understand that if you worked really hard on defense, we'll reward you with a lot of freedom on offense. And then we gradually put in rules and went to more of a dribble drive offense with some, some concepts. But in the summer when we were putting it in, we didn't give them, we were letting them play and they enjoyed it. We found some success, but going into that first game, summer league's a lot different. I mean, summer league coaches are just kind of letting kids play. You want to <laughs> see who plays hard. You know, we're, we're playing guys that might not play. And when you get into the regular season, let alone league play, and you go against those really structured teams or teams that put a lot of emphasis on defense. You don't really know what to expect going in for year one. So, uh, yeah, we were really nervous going into that first game. Uh, you, you know, we didn't want to, you know, go up and down and all of a sudden we're, we're down 30 or something because we we're struggling. So luckily, <laughs> luckily we made some shots. <laughs> yeah, you, you said some key things there, uh, Nick. You said freedom and allowing kids to play. Um, and I think and you mentioned something about the summer. I think summer is all about trying to get better and allowing kids to a lot of freedom to kind of learn. I think that same philosophy can be had during the season. I think a lot of coaches are too controlled. Uh, I, I 100% and I was one of them. I mean, I was, uh, you know, I came in, I said, we're going to run the flex and then we're going to run the ball screen offense. I was the guy that every time down motion, let's go motion, get into it. And it, 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 I'll tell you what, it, it, it was tough. The first couple of games, it's like, all right, I just want to, you know, we came down, we take a bad shot or we take a quick shot and it's just like, that's not the shot we want, but we have to understand that, that that's part of the process. They have to understand, you know, they have to know what a good decision is, what a good closeout is. When's the time to shoot? When's the time not to. Uh, And I, and I think, by giving them the freedom, they grew as basketball players. And like you said, summer for us, individual skill development and working and, and trying to, 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 to convince the guys that they think they're playing hard, you can play harder, you can play faster, you can do this, you can do that. But giving them a ton of freedom so they can make mistakes and we can fix that stuff. Yeah, Nick, I, I think, and I'm looking at your reasons to press, and I think uh, you know, it's very common to a lot of pressing teams, but I think one of the key things, and I believe in it myself, is you get to play more kids. I, I see a lot of kids on benches who are teams that play five people, and those other kids never play except for practice. Hey, to me, if I was a player, I wouldn't play anymore. I mean, I just think you need, if kids are going to come out, they need to find time. How do you play more kids in the philosophy behind that? Well, I, I think... But by going to our style, we've allowed more kids on our team. And I think that in itself is, is something to, uh, to gravitate towards. Uh, you know, this past year, we had 16 guys on our roster. 
two years ago, we had 18 guys. And I remember, you know, talking to a coaching friend. He's like, oh, he called me before his tryouts and said, ah, I'm leaning 11 or 12. I don't know how many. He's like, talk some sense into me. Tell me I should take 11. I said, you're talking to the wrong person. I took 16 last year. I might take 17 this year. He's like, you're nuts. <laughs> I said, you know, the way that we structure our practice, we have three groups of five with a sub. And we're just constantly moving and running and shooting and, and, and getting into skill work. Like there's no pause in practice. So for us, we need those numbers. You know, we're, we're going to play 10, 11 guys in a, in a given game. And, you know, we need those numbers in practice. And we talk about it and, you know, we identified the roles early on. Hey, listen, you're, you're right now between 13 and 16. And a normal team, you might get caught. We need you. You, you are an important part of this team. And it, it can always change. You're one injury away from getting in the rotation. You get an opportunity, you make the most of it. You make my job as difficult as possible. You go out there, you do good things, and make me look like a fool for taking you out, off the court. Yeah, and, I, and I, I'm sure there, there's, particularly in a pressing system, you, you might not be a scorer, right, Nick? You can be somebody who's a great, you know, on-the-ball defender that maybe never scores, or I'm sure he can find time in your system. Yeah, absolutely. If you can play defense, if you can stay in front of somebody, we find a way to get you on the court. Uh, because at the end of the day, there is only one basketball. So there's other roles for people. There's drivers, there's rebounders. Rebounders. I need somebody that can shut down the other team's best player. Right. Uh, there, there's roles for anyone that can play hard. Totally agree. Yeah, yeah, a lot of success in your first year. I'm looking at here, 17 and four. You probably said, okay, all right, I kind of like this system. Yeah, we, we said going into it, because if you look, we were very young. We had a ton of juniors uh, that first year. So we thought, hey, let's experiment this first year. And if we could be, you know, 11 and nine, maybe 12 and eight, that's a really good year for us. And, and we came out and we scored over 100 a couple of times. And I, I think, I mean, going off, I think we had 10 guys that played over nine minutes a game. So I, I think the most anyone played was 24 minutes, which means they sat out an entire quarter, uh, which is kind of been unheard of. Right. But if you look, you know, four guys in double or five guys in double figures. I mean, we were very spread out. Um, and because so many guys played, we were really tough to scout, really tough to match up for. Because if you shut this guy down, well, we have four other guys that can score. And three of them come off the bench. So then what are you going to do? So uh, I just thought that first year, it was like we struck gold because everything that we kind of did worked. Yeah, that, that helps and kind of continuing. Oh, that's a good selling point right there. I, I, I do want to share with you, I have a friend out here at Gordon Lee High School, Matt Smith. You, you might even know him. He runs a lot of podcasting clinics out here. Um, he's going into the complete system this year. He's got oh, wow. a, well, he, he has, uh, he's always been, you know, a half court ball control type system coach. And now he's going all out. He says, you know what? The only way I can compete against these more talented teams is to be aggressive and to be attacking. So I would love to have you talk to him about that because he's going full, he's going full bore into it. So, well, I mean, what, what advice would you give to him? You got to be all in. 
if you're going to do it, you can't be one foot in one foot out. I mean, there's going to be mistakes and you're going to pull your hair out at times and you got to trust the system. Um, as silly as it sounds when a guy's going to the system, but you, you kind of got to trust it. And when you're going to the system, uh, you got to trust the numbers um, because those goals are huge. Right. If you can get those offensive rebounds and those turnovers and extra shots and, you know, you, you also got to ignore the outside noise. Um, I don't know how many times somebody's said that I roll the ball out and I just <laughs> let the kids play and I, there's no structure. And, you know, when things are good, everybody said, man, that is beautiful basketball to watch. They make the extra pass, they push, it's run and gun. But when it's bad, they're like, oh man, there's no coaching being done. You just have to ignore the naysayers and, you know, you, you trust your system and, you know, you, <laughs> I, I just, it is what it is. You know, you're, you're all in. Yeah. I don't think coaches really realize when you allow structure is kind of one of those things everybody talks about, but when you allow kids the freedom to play, to me, there's more teaching in that because you can pick and choose your moments. You're teaching on the run is what I call. Uh, so I think that's totally a misnomer. In coaching, I think sometimes those structure coaches, it's its all through them, not through their players. What do you think about that? Well, I, I think you look at like the FIBA basketball where you can't call timeouts during live play, uh, stuff like that. Practice, you, you get your coaching done in practice. And, and then, you know, hopefully you've done enough where the kids can just play and they should know right. what they're doing and they should know, you know, what to do in this situation. And you know, that's not to say that we don't have, you know, quick hitters that we call after timeouts or dead balls and that, that we get into sets, but we want them to play. I mean, this should still be fun. I mean, what, 75, 80% of these kids, this is the last basketball they'll ever play. Right. We want them to look back at high school and say, man, we had so much fun. You know, we, 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 we won some games, we lost some games, but I enjoyed my high school experience. Yeah, you said a couple of good words, enjoy and fun. Um, those are underestimated. You better have, and I coach girls. So if you're not having fun and you're not having enjoyment, they won't be around, they'll, they'll quit. Girls right. love to have, so um, they, they enjoy kind of that style of play. Hey, talk about your chaos system. You got three, I guess you, you have three different presses that you kind of work in, right? Yeah, that these are like our three main, and then we have, I mean, we have a lot of options off, off each press. You know, our two-two-one. We'll face guard. We'll side deny. We'll play a traditional two-two-one. There, there's a lot of options off it, but um, we're we're a two-two-one team. We occasionally throw a diamond in and trap that first pass, and then every once in a while we'll just be a straight man-to-man -man run and jump uh, situation. But our bread and butter is our two-two-one. And we do it a little differently um, than a lot of teams. Yeah, I definitely, um, and I, I actually picked up some ideas from you, Nick. Um, and your press is very similar to uh, the Alaska Anchorage uh, women's coach. And I love how you deny. I love denying inbounds passes, I, particularly at my level. I mean, you take away certain, it really makes teams work the ball inside. Don't you agree? Oh, a hundred percent. You know, our, our first, our first goal is to get a five count. 
Um, because a lot of times the ball gets, you know, we score or, or something happens and the ball is out of bounds and, you know, teams are very lazy with their press break or they only come out with one press break. So you scout them and you take away the one press break and now they're throwing the ball and doing things they don't want to. I mean, I think the, the misconception on pressing teams is if you don't get a steal, that's not a successful press. Right. Um, but pressing teams understand if you can speed a team up, if you can make them take quick shots, if you can make them throw live ball turnovers, throw the ball away, whatever it is, just get them out of their normal every game situation, you're, you're winning the battle. Um, and then with our depth and playing a lot of people, we're wearing you down for that third and especially into that fourth quarter, uh, that's winning time. That's that's a time where the, the the team in shape and the team that's used to this and the team that that plays this way every single day in practice has the advantage. And, and that's all you're looking for is an advantage. Coach, I really want you just to go ahead and explain. Just go right through your press and so forth. I'll, I'll adjust this and so forth. But okay. um, obviously, we're going to talk about the top of the press with your two guards. You better have some guards that are quick to do what you guys do. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, they don't even have to be quick if, as long as they work hard. I mean, we want this, we want them to have to work to get the ball. And so we face guard all passes and we switch all screens. And, and like I said before, our, our first goal is to get a five count. If we can get a five count, it's great. It's a turnover. It's our ball. That's what we want. So uh, once the ball is in, we go right into our run and jump, but we run and jump from behind. Uh, the trappers are the top two guys. Um, what we do is we match up four guys and we put somebody in what we call the floater spot. So that person's like a safety in football where it could be a guy that's at half court floating. It could be the back of the press floating. We will put somebody in that floater spot. So now not only are we face guarding you, but we're daring you to throw it over our head with a safety ready to intercept it. So we're trying sure. to give you some different looks. Yeah, I love that. And uh, well, I just want to tell you a little bit, Nick, what we do. We have two different versions. Our hot version is our run and jump with the guards and forwards. And then our, our scramble version is what you guys do with the guards. So, and, I, and I'm actually just starting a new program. So we're teaching this early now. But over the summer, our girls did a terrific job. I have a naturally aggressive, quick group coming That's into funny. this new school. They love this pressing style. So, That's hey, let's great. continue on with um, your uh, uh, your trap techniques and how do you guys rotate? Yeah, so what we're looking to do is we want to trap with our guards. So the top two guys uh, in a traditional 2-2-1, two, two, you know, you pass the ball in and they push sideline and the guy at half court kind of waits for that trap spot either before half court or right after half court. What we do is a little different. Our, our two guys at half court, we jab and recover, or stunt and recover, whatever you want to call it. They're our interceptors. Um, if you're a Shaka smart guy, we got interceptor high, interceptor uh, side, interceptor high. Uh, they're looking to intercept. So their job is not to come up court. If you come up court, teams just throw it over your head and now you're in a three on one, two on one situation. So we want to trap from behind. So Again, our guards, we, we expect a lot out of them. We, we want them to fully face guard and hope for a five count. Then when the ball comes in over their head, you're going to get right inside position and push sideline with a speed dribble so that the backside guard can chase from behind. 
And again, you know, we're jab and recover at half court, um, looking to get that quick trap and we will trap all the way down the court. So it's not one of those things where if they get across half court, we kind of drop back. If this person wants to dribble and go all the way down to that corner, we'll chase with that chasing guy and the guy on the ball. And those two will chase. Hi, this is Matt from Court Cart. The Court Cart is a great way to store your basketballs and is handy at practice. You can lock up 24 men's or 30 women's basketballs with our zippered top. The cart is sturdy and easy to go around the court. The cart is $2.69 with free shipping. The court board is a whiteboard that attaches to the cart so you can draw plays up on the court. The Court Cart court board package is $5.28 with free shipping. You can find out more information on courtcart.com. Trap all the way down to the corner. And we'll rotate right out of that. Yeah, I love that. And one thing I love about that is I know when we rotate with the forward up and that read, I'm telling you, that back man always has a hard time at our level trying to anticipate. Then you got to get the rotation line. Yep, then you backwards. Got it's not that easy. That's where our breakdowns occur. But we also do a second trap down that sideline. I got five girls. So. Uh, but last year I had a big six foot girl. That was a problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you either have, you have your tall person that's protecting the basket that, you know, they just throw over the top and they really can't get there or you you're, you're too aggressive and you're small and they just throw over the top. So it's, it's tough. So I, we found that this, this and keeping everybody at home has worked a little bit better for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you've already talked about your, uh, your forwards, your back line is what I call, uh, kind of get a little, a few more details on what you're looking for from these players and so forth. They can get a lot of steals and interceptions, right? Yeah. Cause I mean, most people attack the press by throwing the ball to the middle and then going opposite. So if you keep those two guys at half court and, you know, shrink the court in half, and keep them to one side you do a pretty good job of taking away not only the middle but that sideline pass and now you're forcing them to go backwards and hey well you know we want to play fast but we're fine with a 10 count if you want to get 10 seconds to get the ball across we'll we'll absolutely take the ball out of balance and we'll go ato and we'll have something ready for you um so yeah i mean those are our interceptors those are the guys that we want getting steals and those are no more our, our longer, more athletic guys that we play right at half court. And, you know, their job, because teams are still going to try to throw up and over you, mm-hmm. but if you're throwing the ball and, and we're, you know, forcing the ball to be thrown so high, we can rotate out of that. We can trap that first pass. There's a lot of things that can happen. So we really want those guys to be active with their hands a lot of tips, a lot of deflections, um, you know, and, and they make the press work. Um, it's really tough. I'll tell you, it's really tough um, to be that half court guy and to not come up because everybody wants to always, you know, they throw over the top or they look like they're getting beat up the sideline. The second that half court guy steps up, they throw over the top. It's three on two, two on one. We're in trouble. Yeah, I think you can protect you can protect yourself a little bit better with uh, this rotation. And I love this. I mean, I've seen over the years so many different press alignments, which I think 
psychologically is to our advantage. They got to really prepare for this. That's to your advantage, right, Nick? Absolutely, because we're dictating how the game is going to be played. If you have to spend, you know, valuable practice time going over a press break or, or maybe putting in extra press breaks because you know we're going to press you all game, that's to our advantage. And we know that the game is going to be played at our pace. So um, we, you know, on here we got different, you know, uh, press break alignments. The first one is the traditional two guards up, two bigs at half court. And again, we just simply match up our, our five or that's our big guy. We'll just come up to half court and match up. And we're basically daring you to throw deep. Uh, we move one of our half court guys right up to that three point line. And now we've kind of changed our press into a more of a two, one, two look. And again, we're, we're going to switch the screen because most teams are going to come across screen and roll and open up to the ball. Right. We're going to switch that and dare you again to throw over the top with that safety sitting right there. Um, that's the, that's the look that we get most of the time. I think that's one of the easier looks to prepare for because we see it so often. Um, this, the second look is the, I, I, I've been seeing it more and more often is that one, one, three look, right. You have your point guard up and then you have three at half court, hoping that you're going to stay in your two, two, one alignment. We match up with everybody and then we double team the point guard that's up. So now we're taking away, you know, all four of your options, anybody that comes up, we're beating you to the spot. And again, we're forcing you to throw deep. And if you can, you know, if, if a high school kid can make a ba baseball pass over our guy, okay, you know, you do it once, great. Well, we're going to challenge you to do it a couple of times. Then we right, can sure. get out of it. Um, one, four across, we see that all the time. Uh, we put, in this situation, we face guard all four guys and our five is now the floater. And anybody that goes deep gets passed off to the five. So in this instance, the four, which is ball side, goes deep. So the person that's face guarding him will release to the big guy, and then they instantly become the floater. So if you want to send two guys deep, we'll drop off two and put two floaters there. Uh, we will face guard everybody and everything. And again, we want you to throw over the top. Because if you're going that fast, you're playing into our hands. That's the type of game we want to play. Yeah, I love that. Um... And I do think, and I, Coach, I, I'm sure I, I'm a pretty simple guy, but we really work on reading the inbounder um, based on shoulder turns, based on watching the eyes. I don't think that's taught enough in the pressing game, particularly at the girls' level. How many girls can make a baseball pass? Not right. too many. Um, right. That's important, right? Just little details like that. Yeah, we, we, we always look for the – we always call it the obvious pass. What's the obvious pass? If you're pivoting and you reverse pivot – well, you can't really make this behind the head pass. Once you pivot, you've kind of taken away some of your options. So now we, we understand where's, where's the obvious pass and we're going to go up and attack it. Same with our press. I mean, we can always dictate, you know, which way, you know, hey, we might want, um, you know, four to get the ball and then we'll sprint to three and take away that pass because we want four to dribble and get trapped. Right. So there's ways to dictate, again, who has the ball, who's not getting the ball, and how you're attacking our press. Hey, let's talk about some key teaching points. I know my good friend is Mike DeVilvis. You might know Mike, who uh, created the buzz. And yeah. uh, we just talked the other day. I mean, he has 
I think your, your best pressing coaches have terms or language they use. What's your, what's your key teaching point language? Uh, point number one, cardinal rule, fouling negates pace and pressure. <laughs> That's right. If you foul, <laughs> your press stinks. Um, we've had games where we're, <laughs> we're just so undisciplined and aggressive that we've been in the bonus or the double bonus in the first quarter. Um, and again, you have to make adjustments, you know, referees, you know, different referees call the game in different ways. You might go into one game and you play great defense and have three team fouls for a half. And then the next game, a completely, you know, same call is called differently. Part of being a pressing team is you have to adjust to, to the officiating and you have to do it quickly and early. Uh, if the ball is past you, we run and tip from behind. That's really, really big in our system uh, because we, we, we want you to throw it over our head. So we have to be really good at chasing, recovering, and trying to tip the ball, uh, which I, I think we do a good job of. Uh, when in traps, our hands are, are high, shadowing the ball. We try to get as many deflections as possible. Uh, we chest up on the ball handler to take away space. We foul with our feet, not our hands. So we want to take your space away with our feet, with our chest, that's where we'll foul you. Uh, we will not reach. We will not slap. We don't get steals on traps. You get steals on passes. Um, we try to read the ball handler and look for the obvious pass. That's what you were saying before, just different angles, being able to see and, and, and attack those different things. Uh, when you go for a steal, you run through the pass. You don't stop and catch it. We constantly want to tip the ball and run through it so that we're, we're, we're running through everything. Um, and it's better to be wrong but committed than to think and be halfway committed. We'd rather make a mistake but be all in on it so that the guy behind knows the rotation rather than play in between and uh, do I want to go get that steal? Do I not? Because every time you move, somebody else has to move to recover and rotate. So for us, we want athletes out there making decisions and playing. And if it's the wrong decision, that's okay because our rotations will be there and we'll recover and continue on from there. Yeah, Nick, and to get total commitment, you actually have to play through mistakes, right? I mean, there are going to be a lot of mistakes out there, and that's hard for a lot of coaches. I actually emphasize mistakes. I know that sounds crazy. I want kids going for, we call it flying around. How do you guys teach that? Uh, through a lot of drills. Um, we, we do a lot of five on five, we do a ton of press work in practice. And, you know, we'll do, I guess the short-sided games is now the term. Right. We, we do little scrimmages, but for us, everything's a teachable moment. Um, and we want everything to be competitive. And when we do these different presses and different games, we have different scoring systems where a deflection is worth points, taking a charge is worth points being in a right rotation is points, not committing and stopping when you're trying to get a steal, automatic game over other team wins. We shoot a free throw for a, for a sprint, but we really try to emphasize when we're in this press, we are all in hundred percent on everything. Yeah. I love that. Um, and it sounds like over the years, I'm sure you've gained is more commitment from your players. They start to really believe in that. Um, Hey, you want me to get to some press clips for you? Some clips or? Yeah, uh, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. 
Does it matter which one? What do you think? Here, no, that's here, here's some clips right here for you, if you want. Yeah. You want uh, me to talk? You want me to talk through them? Talk through them, Coach. Hey, give a little bro work on your broadcasting here, man. Just play by play. <laughs> All right. Um, so this, this game we're playing against our our rivals from Utica. Um, <laughs> here we got here. How's it um, on your side? Is it good pace? What's that? If, if you want to turn the volume off, I'll talk right over it. Okay. Just that way. That that first one, if you want to go back to it, um, was a clip. We're, we're on offense. We take a three. We miss it, and we get right into our press on a miss. I think that's one of the things All that right. we do a little different. You can see our two guards flash up. We get right to half court. We get a nice chase and trap. We are half a step late on the steal, but they get a quick shot. Uh, this one is a free throw. We missed the free throw. Um, and if you want to stop it real quick, sure. You can you can see that the coach. Um, that's my old high school. That's my old coach. <laughs> they we press after missed free throws. We press after everything, but yeah. we put we put our two guards right on the free throw lane. So make or miss, we're into our press. Most teams, when they get a rebound on a free throw, they either sprint the court to get out to those corners or they kind of jog to control pace. Coach was, you know, to the point where all of a sudden you look and we have four guys pressing one and he's trying to call his guys back to, to come into the press. They panic and now we get a steal and it's a four on one. We get a nice easy layup and one right there. Coach, I love that point. I'm going to add that in. I um, actually, I've been pressing a long time. That's a great point, adding your two guards on the foul line, immediate pressure. I love that. Get the bigs back. It gives the bigs, for as much running and pressing as we do, it gives them a chance to take a nice, slow walk down, save the legs a little bit. Um, it, it's also a little intimidating because once teams start to, to understand that you're going to press on makes or miss, they start trying to figure out their press break and they're worrying about more stuff and not playing basketball. And again, that plays into our hands. Absolutely. Um, again, we're going to face guard. They don't put anyone up. So our floaters come really high up. We get a steal and the guy gets fouled. So you're a back line. You call floaters. Is that correct? Yeah, and that, anybody that has nobody, we, we call them floaters. We move them up right behind. Instead okay. of playing a half court, they'll play almost at the three-point line just to take away those lob passes over the top. Um, again, good, good trap. Nobody at half court, so our interceptor takes that away. We get a dunk off it. Yeah, it's amazing how many lob passes kids will try to make to beat the press, isn't it? Yeah, well, if you take away that, you know, teams are so used to in the press being able to get the ball in and then knowing, all right, it's a zone press, we're going to attack the middle. Well, what we found is the more space you get, uh, you give these guys, they're getting more and more skilled and being able to make those passes. So we try to make it as difficult as possible um, and, and really, you know, force their hand a little bit. Coach, I noticed your team transitions very quick from defense to offense to score, you got to practice that. All the time, all the time. Um, we do a lot of, uh, I can't, what's it called? Quick strike by Mike Neighbors. Yeah, yeah. Where 
you know, you're counting down 30, 29, 28, and whenever they shoot the ball, that's how many points they get. So they're starting to learn, hey, if I get a shot off in five, six seconds, I'm getting 20, 25, 24 points. If we're going to 80, you know, the game ends pretty quickly. So we're trying to, to get that, that, you know, we're, we're trying to go as fast as possible, especially, especially knowing that anybody can get the ball on these steals. We're really unselfish. We talk a lot about making the extra pass. So if you run the court, there's a good chance we'll find you. Right. And you look like your guys get a lot of deflections, high hands, very high active. Hand. Um, you got to teach that as well. Yeah. Like I said, you know, we're, we have, uh, or we're expecting guys to throw over the top. So we have to be really good at chasing or, or creating chaos and deflections so that anything that they do, we want them to be uncomfortable and take away. So um, anytime we can get deflections, we can get tips, we, we can make them uncomfortable. And like I said, we're, we're really good at chasing from behind and getting tips from behind. We, we spend a lot of time. We, we probably drill it more than any high school team that I know. I love that right there. You got a little bit of what I call a late delay trap. Yep. They kept swinging the ball. I, that, to me, that's a key part of pressing that's under taught. Yeah, I think it's knowing. I mean, you, you talk about knowing shot clock on offense. It's knowing the 10 second count on defense and, and understanding that, you know, hey, we're at seven seconds. I'm going to take these middle passes away. I'm going to be a little delayed. Hey, if you want to pass it backwards, we'll, we'll come and we'll slowly get you because the 10 count is just as good as a turnover. Yeah, we don't have the shot clock. Actually, this year in Georgia, Nick, um, they're giving us kind of a choice of when to use it. And next year it's all out, um, shot clock. It's going to be something different out here in oh, the South. I, 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 we've had shot clock from day one. I just, I, I still find it. I'm blown away that people do not play with the shot clock. I just don't know how you do it, but, uh, these are our back tips right here. Um, so again, uh, here's a good trap. He chest up throws the ball away. We get a steal. Uh, there we go. Yeah. Um, I love that, man. I love how your team plays coach. I think it's, um, you got, you got some, uh, some length out there, my friend. We got a couple, um, we've never, I've been joking. Those were the tallest teams I've ever had. And our tallest guy was, you know, six, three, six, four. That's, I mean, when you have six, three, six, four, and that's as big as you get, you have to do something a little different. So again, it kind of fits us. We got a lot of five, 10 guards that want to play fast and, and they walk around like they're six, one, six, two, and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, I want to get some drills and so forth. And I, um, I've actually stole some of your drills already, but um, talk about your favorite pressing drills. Maybe you've added them since, maybe you added some. Oh, we have. We're, we're constantly stealing and, and taking from uh, everybody. But I love the circle trap. We start the year off. We do this a, a couple times a week, especially in the preseason. It's a very simple drill. Um, I guess the best way to describe it is you have two teams. One team sets up north, south, east, and west. And defense sets up northeast, southeast, southwest, northwest. So basically they're splitting um, all the offense, uh, coaches on the side. And again, we do this around the center circle. So we're in really tight. It's not like we're, there's a lot of space there. So, uh, passes are nice and tight. 
And it's very simple. Coach just flips the ball to an offensive player, two closest guys trap, and we work on not getting split. Um, offense has to pivot two times and defense is now in the interceptor spots. And we're looking for obvious passes. We're looking for any tips, deflections. Um, we'll have two coaches. You can see it says one and two. Each coach will have a ball. So if, if we tip a ball off, next coach throws one in. Normally it's a, it's a time drill and we're counting how many uh, deflections and steals they have. And we're really, really overemphasizing. Like, let's say we have a trap on this uh, second clip. We have one and four on defense trapping. Two and three are our interceptors. If one makes a pass to two, we expect two to run almost through that line um, trying to get this steal. Not standing still. We want them running through it. So uh, we want them tipping the ball. We don't care where the ball goes. We, we want deflections and we want them to understand that you do not steal the ball standing still. You run through that. Um, and like I said, we'll normally have three teams, so three or four teams, and we'll rotate that um, right along. Yeah, and you make it competitive, right? And you said timed and yeah. Everything we do is competitive. Um, we stole Nate Oates. Uh, tremendous dribble drive coach. Yeah, uh, great. I have, hey, I love that guy, man. Really a fabulous coach. He, we watched him at the, uh, when he was at Buffalo and every drill he did, um, you know, when you, you, everybody, everybody uses the scoreboard of practice, you, you keep track of the winners and you have them shoot a free throw. If you make the free throw, you put a point under the fouls. And you keep track of the winners each day. And then at the end of practice, if it's six to four, you know, uh, the losing team owes two sprints or whatever it is. Sure, so, sure. you know, we've added, you know, seven teams, uh, you can't call them suicides. So we call them suicides anyways, That's uh, right. any, you know, burpees, any punishment. And the more times you lose, the, the more punishments you do. So we, we do that in all these drills. Um, our VCU trap and recover. This one we stole from Shaka when, when he was at VCU. Um, it's a four on four drill. Um, ball starts with a coach. Um, there's a point guard that's about to get trapped. So on the whistle, we flip the ball to the point guard. Uh, our two guys trap. We have one interceptor at half court and we have our bigs that are back. Um, so we're only playing with one interceptor and then our bigs are matched up. And like I said, we trapped that, that, that point guard right away. Our interceptors reading it for the obvious pass, whether it's up the sideline or reversal. If it's a reversal, we'll work for another trap. In this case, with X2 and X3, we'll work for a good trap. Uh, um, if they throw over the top, we'll sprint and recover, and we'll play it out four on four. And we'll do that. You know, we'll, we'll, you know, white will be on offense, black on defense. And then when they break it, we'll flip it and go back the other way. You have like a 13, you have a rotation there for the drill. Again, time drill. Um, they'll go for, you know, two, three minutes and then the next group will go in and we'll just keep it again, short, it's short games so that there's a lot of reps and not when your team is off, that's your water break. We don't stop and, you know, Hey, okay, we got water. We have three teams. So if your team's off for your two minutes, that's your water. 
So once, once your two or three minutes are up, you're in and the other team's out for their water. Yeah, for sure. I think water breaks are probably the most wasted time in America. And I mean, I think your great coaches maximize those, those water breaks, let's say. Um, I love that drill. Continuous three on two with a chaser. We do, we do this drill with our JV team a lot. And we'll do JV versus varsity when, when we need to, you know, knock our JV team down a little bit, or, Hey, we need a little confidence. We'll mix it up and we'll go seniors and freshmen against sophomores and juniors and mix up the teams. Um, so basically you have, again, a black team on one, one side, a white team on the other sideline. Uh, there's two defenders back and we have three starting with the ball. It's a three on two drill. And as soon as you cross half court, the opposite, whatever team is on defense, they have to run, touch a cone at half court and then get back in the play. So it's three on two with a chaser. And what we've done to add to it is when you score, we get right into our press. So you can press all the way to half court. Right. So if, if you get a steal in your press, it's another way for you to score. And we'll play games to 21 or 30. And again, we'll make it competitive, um, but we're working on our stuff. So we're working on our press. We're working on our run and jump and we're working on being strong with the ball on offense and kind of playing through that. So that's, that's one of our favorite drills, um, especially um, when you, you have to share a gym or share a court with a JV team or a second team. Um, that's a drill that you can do with a lot of people. Um, and it goes quick. It's not like guys are sitting out for two, three minutes. I mean, it's continuous drill. We have a coach at each end refereeing. So if there's a foul, they take the ball out and they play three on three half court. And, you know, we're playing it live. Yeah, I love that. One thing I love about this drill, and I've used it quite a bit, is that third defender coming in. That's that's an important skill. How I love how you're actually touching a cone. We just touched the center circle. I love the detail of the cone. Um, that player in, in a press, you better be able to get back. That's an that's an undertaught skill. You got that's my chaser right there, chasing down the ball from behind. Not not the ball, but chasing down the play from behind. Right. Well, we cheated so bad. We had to throw the cone out there because they'll run in and they'll exactly. not even go close. So we had to put something out there. That <laughs> they had to touch. But I mean, when you're a pressing team, you have to get used to playing in disadvantaged situations. And, and you also have to work on, and I think this is undertaught when you get beat, you have to be able to get out of traps and recover quickly. Mm -hmm. the, the longer it takes for you to get out of those traps or they throw it over your head and you jog back. No, you're, you're listening for the horn. Cause that means you're going to get subbed out. We want you to be able to recover as quick as possible. At the girls level, Nick, that's the hardest thing to teach. Um, and I, I call it, and I think there's some physical things for that is girls have a hard time opening up the hips Yep. and sprinting. And it's just a physical thing, but we have to train it as coaches. It's the same. At Dr. Dish Basketball, we're creating basketball shooting machines that accelerate player performance. With features like on-demand workouts, multiplayer stat tracking, and instant analytics, Dr. Dish Basketball is the number one source for basketball training. Whether you're training in your driveway, running a practice, or developing a workout program, we have the most innovative training solutions to help your players practice like they play. 
And just for listening to this podcast, you qualify for an exclusive discount. Just mention Championship Vision Podcast to your sales rep when you call in. For more information, visit drdishbasketball.com or call 952-873-2633. Again, that number is 952-873-2633. And remember, be better every day. Anything on the boy side? Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the boy side, it's more laziness, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> exactly. I, I, think, I think it's something, I think anything you emphasize or anything that you really want done, you have to drill it and you have to practice it. I think I have a drill in here for that, but if not, I'll go over it. Okay. We do. Um, partner chase and tip. This is like first week of practice. Um, I told, I, I said, we, we back tip and chase, probably more than anybody else. So this one's a real simple drill. Uh, you partner up, one person has the ball, they're going about 50%. They're starting dribbling with the right hand um, on the whistle. Their partners will run from behind and they're gonna tip with their left hand. And it's, we, we, we drill which hand, it, which hand to tip with so that we're not reaching across and getting any unnecessary fouls. So we'll start with 50% then we'll go to 75 and then we'll go with a hundred and anybody that gets caught um, owes push-ups. So now we're forcing our dribblers to really push the ball out. And most of the time they don't get a tip, but they work hard and they understand that's the speed we have to play at. Nick, let me, let me ask you this. To make it competitive, you're asking that dribbler to get to the baseline before they tip. How do you make it competitive, though? Uh, we use the volleyball lines. So the volleyball lines, and again, we, we start out at 50%. And the first time, we're expecting them to get that tip. And then we'll go 75, and it's kind of, eh, they might. And then the, the last one is anybody that gets the ball tipped from behind owes a owes whatever the penalty is going to be that day. Right, right. I like that. Yeah. And you work on, I love how you're working on offense and defense at the same time. Right. I think it's key to coaching. Um, three on three jab and recover. Um, so this one, we're working on our jab and recover, our, our half court guys, floaters, whatever you want to call them. Uh, so we're matched up. Um, offense passes the ball to a wing. Um, person dribbles towards the middle we jab and we cover back so that we're, we're just getting in the habit of not jumping up into the ball um guy on the wing passes it back to the middle whichever side they dribble at that defender is jabbing and recovering back we go until half court and then we're live after half court and then they okay. flip it and come back yeah and obviously all good presses you take away the middle right yeah. Uh, I, I, we haven't really talked about that, but man, you got to really fly to the middle. You got to be aware in the middle, which is hard to do sometimes. Constantly aware of the middle because again, you're taught at a young age, you find the middle and then you look opposite and that's how you beat presses. So as a pressing team, that's what you have to take away. So we spend a lot of time on, on trying to take away those middle options. Yeah, like you said, you got to drill it. You can't just go, all right, let's take away the middle. Exactly. Right. <laughs> if only it was that easy. Yeah, uh, corral the ball handler, which is really an important skill. Uh, we start two defenders on the elbow, one ball handler. Coach will flip the person the ball, and it's very simple. Those two people have to work together to get a trap before half court. Um, we can make it really difficult on the ball handler. We'll bounce the ball nice and high, and on the bounce, they can close out. And again, 
we close out in traps like we close out on shooters. We break down and we don't want to get beat really quickly. If anybody gets split, that's game over. Those guys are running. Gotcha. Um, and then we do, and then we take it one step further. So we do that for a couple reps and now we add in three, uh, three options for passers. So it's again, corral the ball handler with our two guards. And now we've added in two defenders that are splitting three offensive players. And again, we're going to, we're going to get in a good trap and now we're looking for obvious passes. So uh, if I'm looking at the drawing and the person is dribbling to the right, our defense should be sliding to the right and leaving that farthest left pass um, because not what 90% of the time they're going to look for the closest pass that's open either the middle or up the sideline. So we want to take those obvious passes away. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm looking here now. Is that a four on two uh, uh, or actually a four on four? That's four, it's on, four on four. So you start, yeah. you still, Everything from the first slide carries over. So you still have that one offensive player against the two defensive players, their job. We're going to make it a little more difficult because we want to make sure that we get a trap. So I'll throw the ball up nice and high or make it really difficult so that that person is going to pick up their dribble. And because, I mean, we've already worked on corralling the ball handler. This is like the extension. Now we've corralled the ball handler. Now we're adding in our interceptors and we're taking away those middle sideline opposite passes. Yeah. Um, and you, this drill is just half court, Nick. Yes. Or, just half court. Once they get across half court drills over. Drills over. And I'm sure you're, it's competitive with defense offense, correct? Correct. All right. Uh, wolf drills, back tip drills. You really believe in this, man. You're really drilling these kids on this, this technique. We, we, we have to, I mean, if you want to be good at something, you gotta, you gotta practice what you preach. Um, so this one, again, a uh, person has the ball. We have two defenders. They're starting behind them. Uh, again, same thing as before, but now we're adding a second defender. Uh, X one in this case is going to run uh, assuming one is dribbling with their right hand, like they should X one is tipping with their left hand. X two is tipping with their right hand. Uh, making sure not to foul. Um, and then the progression would be, we do that. And again, we're trying to get a tip before the volleyball line, three-point line, whatever the line is. Um, you know, if we have a faster kid, we'll move X1 and X2 up so they have a better chance at, at um, getting a tip. And we, we make sure that it's, it's set up where they're not going to get a tip every time because in a game, you have to understand that even though you sprint from behind, you're not going to get a tip 90% of the time, but you still have to make that effort to do it. Um, then the second slide, we add in uh, the five guy. So we add in our big guy. So now it's the same thing, but we've added in our big guy and we're telling the first drill is just dribble until whatever line we say, three point line, volleyball line, baseline. It's, progression one progression two we add in a defensive big guy and now we're saying x1 get to the basket for a layup you're trying your goal is to try to get to the basket so now we have two guys sprinting and trying to tip and we also have our five who's working on no layups that's their rule no layups uh, and also no fouls um, so we're trying to chest hand straight up and we're working on not fouling because we are going to get beat in our press, we are going to give up two on ones and we have to be really good at that end. Um, 
The third one is my favorite drill. And this is the one that I was talking about before. Um, we it's, let's see, it is a three on two drill. Um, so we have our point guard, I'll just call it our point guard, but we rotate these spots. Um, coach is off to the side. One's about to start with the ball. Coach will flip the ball to number one and our two guards are going to go up and trap. One has to make two pivots. Now we have two outlets. We have uh, number two, who's at the elbow. They do not have a ball. Number three is foul line extended. They do have a ball. On the pass, X1 is going to chase down um, three. So now we're working on getting out of traps. X2 is going to chase down uh, two. And we'll rotate um, which line will have the ball, whether it's three or two. So we're in a trap. We're in a trap. They do their two pivots. On the pass, we're trying to get out of that trap as quick as possible and now you are defending three or two to a line, whether it's the baseline, the volleyball line, free throw line extended, however it is. And we're really trying to, as coaches, watch the first three steps. And if you don't do it right, we'll continue to, to do. This is one of our slower drills because, like you said before, this is one of the most important parts of pressing is after the press is broken, after the trap is broken, how quick can you get out of this, this trap and, and recover and, and somehow make a play or, or rotate or whatever, we, whatever your, your press dictates. Nick, where's the third defender in this? I'm, um... it's, it's, th it's three on two. So the point, guard, okay. the, the point guard, all they do is they pass. And then, th and then you have two passers and then the two defenders. So whichever defender is on the left, they're going to go to the person on the left, which is the free throw line extended. The person on the right will go to the person right on the elbow. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. And then we'll rotate out of that. So after they play defense, they would, they would jog back. They would be the outlets, the two that just dribbled, they would be out and we'd have new people in. Yeah, that, that, this is great for rotation. I love to get a video of that if you have it. I don't know if you have a video of that. You please send that to me. I'd love to see it. Um, to me, this is this is really a valuable part of the pressing. I know at our level, that's our biggest weakness, kind of putting in the press for the first time, is kids know how to trap. They don't know how to rotate and recover. Right. Well, that's something that in the last couple of years, we've, you know, that's been one of our issues is, you know, now we can get into, we can get into traps and we, we know when to trap, but now after the trap, what happens? So we got to find drill. That's why I like that VCU trap, because again, it starts with a trap and the drill starts that way. And the whole drill is getting out of the trap and getting into rotations. Yeah. So true coach. Um, I, I love what you do on defense and I, I just want to tell you what we do. And then I want you to kind of, I think, I think we're kind of similar. We run, uh, we've gotten out of man-to-man -man defense for this simple reason. It's hard. I think it's more of an advantage to play zone because I think offense, if we play man-to-man, -man, offense will pretty much do what they want pretty much. Um, but I really like falling back into an extended, aggressive, half, almost a half-court trapping zone. Um, it sounds like you guys are very similar. Yeah, I mean, this, this goes back to my Bayheim uh, influence right here. So we drop back into that really aggressive 2-3 zone. 
Um, I think it's really easy out of that two, two, one to drop into the two, three zone. I mean, your top two guys become the top guys in the zone. The, the half court guys are the wings and your rim protector or the person that's back just drops into that middle. And again, we play very aggressive, um, very similar to how Syracuse plays. We trap the short corners. We have traps built in where, you know, it might be as soon as they cross half court, we'll go get them. First pass, we'll go trap them. Uh, we still want to be very aggressive um, in our press. Um, but one of the other reasons we've, we've gone to more 2-3 is it's easier for us to run in it. Uh, we run that LMU break, and it's really simple to have your two on one side and your three on the other, and shot goes up, and we get the rebound, and boom, we're running our lanes. Or, you know, if we can steal a leak out somewhere with our two, we'll do it. Yeah, it's so true. And um, I think most people think of 2-3 zone. They think of a packed, lazy zone and so forth. Um, I imagine you guys are in the uh, – very aggressive walling up and passing lanes as well with your length and everything. Yes. Yes. As much as possible. Uh, again, we're not the biggest team in the world. Um, you know, we've had teams where we've played four or five foot 10 guys in a, in a six, three big guy. And, you know, we just have to make the best of it and play hard. And you know what, when you're, when you're not as tall, most of the time you're a little quicker. So you have to use yeah. your quickness to your advantage and, and find ways to trap and, you know, it, it's still, you know, to beat a zone, you still have to shoot the ball and people, that's a very, that's a skill that's very undertaught right now. Yeah. Hey, um, tell me if I'm a little, little bit off on this theory. I actually have, a, um, I always have one designated player to what you call leak out. I just call her a runner where she doesn't go in. She doesn't block out. She just takes off. Yep. Same thing. I mean, I, I mean she cherry pick. Kind of, yeah. yeah, I mean, but whatever. Well, for, again, for us, we're, we're, we're four, five foot, 10 guys and a six, three guy. So how often is our, our five foot two or five foot 10 wing going to get rebounds? What two, three times a game. So what we're trying to do is steal two to three baskets a game. And now you're going to be concerned about the leak out. So what do you do? You, you take a guy and you don't go offensive rebound with that guy. Well, you know what we've, now taken our chances and now we're four against three for that rebound as a, instead of five on four or whatever it would be. So again, we're just trying to steal a basket here or there. And especially in the, in the league we play in playing against the Syracuse teams uh, we've had a state winner out of our section, I think three out of the last four years. So we're in one of the better better leagues across the state. So if we can steal a couple of points here or there, we're going to do it. Yeah. I love that. Um, Coach, uh, I want you to kind of finish up. I have some more video clips to kind of finish out. Um, you call these the run outs. So this might be a good way to finish right here. Uh, okay. Kind of give us a little bit of a preview of what we're going to see here. Um, basically, you know, um, just what we talked about. Goes up, our two is going to, take off on the shot and we're looking to throw over the top. You know, this, the year that some of these clips are from our big guy had a really good arm. So we would, we would steal a ton of baskets. He would get the ball and we would throw right over the top and get a couple of uh, easy layups because both guards were wide receivers on the football team. Yeah. So they kind of throw it out. They were used to going up 
and getting the ball in traffic. So sure. uh, again, anytime you can steal a basket, I think that yeah. game, it said 45, 44, 64, 62 or something. Uh, again, that, that game right there, shot goes up. I mean, if you look at this one, this guy's cherry picking a little too much, but <laughs> the, the, the point is, is he's not going in for a rebound. Uh, he's going to cheat out a little bit and see if we can steal a basket. And, you know, I think it was two or three times we got a game, we would steal a basket off that. And, you know, there's a lot of one or two point games. Those are winning plays. Yeah. It comes down to whoever makes the most easy baskets, right, Nick? Yes. And we understand that when you press, you're going to give up some easy baskets. You're, I mean, you can't, you can't go in as a pressing team expecting to never give up a layup or to never give up a two-on-one. Uh, you're just hoping that you've created enough turnovers or created enough extra chances or opportunities that they, what you do outweighs what the other team does. Um, but again, you know, in our two-three zone, if we can steal a basket here or there, we're going to do it. Yeah, no doubt. You designate a kid or is they just, the, the, it looks like the guards are just trained to get out. Yeah. We designate who's leaking out. And I mean, there's certain times that we say, Hey, listen, w this team's way too big. We need everybody to go rebound. So we're, we might not do it this game. And there's other games where we're like, Hey, this team, they don't really rebound. So maybe we'll try to sneak both guards out and see what happens. Um, because again, uh, there's a team in our league, that is so worried about us leaking out that they'll send on the shot, two of their guys will sprint back. So now, unless the ball goes right back to the shooter, you've eliminated three guys to get an offensive rebound. So it's now four against two. We're going to get the, we, we should get the defensive rebound every time. Yeah. And it, it really teaches, I think, I think it's worth the risk. Absolutely. I really, do. Absolutely. I really is. And, um, and you can't, you can't, it, I mean, you could, but it, it would be really tough to do that out of man because, right. you know, you designate this person, all of a sudden they're setting a back screen at the block and you take off, well, they're going to get the rebound. So in the right. zone, at least we know, all right, so we're going to have to have our other guard kind of shade in this spot because we're releasing this person. Yeah, I love that. Coach, I really appreciate it. I know I've taken up a lot of your time and yeah, this, was, this was a great presentation. Uh, I know I'm going to steal a bunch of things from you. Uh, how can coaches reach out to you if uh, they want some more information? I'm actually going to have this on video for coaches as well on that. I know they're going to be contacting me and contacting you. Um, they can email me. Uh, my email is coach. And then my last name, Medesis, M-E-D-I-C-I-S at gmail.com. Uh, or you can get a hold of me on Twitter and it's at coach Medesis. Uh, so either way, I think I put my phone number on there too. And mm -hmm. feel free to send me a text. I have no problem. Um, I have twins at home, so I will gladly take a break for a couple minutes to go talk basketball. So um, I'll thank everybody for, for doing that. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm around all the time to talk. I'm happy to, to talk hoops, talk X's and O's, whatever it is. Hey, you're like your two, three zone, man. You're kind of sneaking out the door, man. Uh, away from the twins man we call that leaking coach yeah i mean uh hey i appreciate you sharing with us welcome to the championship vision family um and i uh, wish you the best hopefully we all play this year nick man i don't know where it's going i'm not sure man 
I know it's, it's, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but we're still two weeks away from school and we just don't even know what school is going to look like. We don't know if it's going to be virtual in person. We don't even know who our governor is. I mean, Cuomo resign. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a mess here in New York. So um, there's the, they're already saying that different counties are saying they don't want to have football and it's up for debate if football is going to happen. So my fingers are crossed that we're going to have basketball. I mean, for the kids, I mean, these kids have missed out on so much already. It's just the social interaction, the part of being a team. I mean, we, we, this past winter, we played a six game schedule on that first day. I've never seen kids more excited to get yelled at than I ever had in my life. It was like, they were, you know, we're we have designated spots to come in and they were like okay whatever you need whatever you need what okay i'll right. do it okay they were just so excited to play and i just hope that that's not taken away from them again i think we've every state has figured it out like, hey you know what like at our school i'm sure it's going to be at yours if a kid has covid you know there's 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 things that the quarantine things like that that we already know how to do so right. let's move on and right. i know I, I know there's a possibility of a somebody getting very sick, but I, I think we, we know what to do, but don't deprive kids of that great game and great, and great activities of uh, interscholastic sports, man. But let's continue on, fight through. Right. And if we have to quarantine for two weeks, then, you know, we quarantine for two weeks and we're safe right. about it and we do whatever is necessary safety-wise to make sure it happens. But let's not take away the opportunity from the kids. And I mean, at the end of the day, I know it's a small thing, but there are certain kids that are relying on sports to stay in school or relying on sports to, and we're not saying full scholarships, but that might be their way to get into a school, whether it's division two, three, one, whatever it is, that's their ticket in to get an education and to get a, a good job for the future. I totally agree. It's, it's, it's well said. Coach, thank you so much. I wish you the best. Stay safe. And, uh, Thanks again for coming on. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. I had a great time. And like I said, anytime you, uh, you want to talk, feel free to reach out. All right. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. Thank you. Dr. Dish Basketball's Virtual Camp 2.0 is now live. Our camp features drills and workouts from pro players, coaches, and trainers like Byron Scott, Quincy Pondexter, and four-time WNBA champ Lindsey Whalen. And though we're known for our shooting machines, the camp also features ball handling, agility, and conditioning drills to help athletes of all ages round out their game. A shooting machine is not required for this camp, but if you own or have access to a Dr. Dish CT or Dr. Dish Home, you can follow along with our pre-built program and track your progress and your stats. Sign up today to gain access to the Virtual Camp 2.0 featured drills and workouts by visiting drdishbasketball.com slash virtualcamp2021. That's drdishbasketball.com slash virtual-camp-2021. Coaches, we are so excited to have Dr. Dish Shooting Machines, Dr. Dish Basketball, as our major gold sponsor of the Championship Vision Podcast and the Legends Clinic at the Grove coming up September 12, 2021. Dr. Dish Basketball is accelerating player performance with the most innovative game-like training solution available, allowing coaches and players to get better faster than ever before. By providing the most usable and advanced shooting machines, on-demand workouts, multiplayer stat tracking, and instant analytics, 
Dr. Dish Basketball has become the preferred source for basketball training with progressive coaches and players. Listeners of the podcast are eligible for exclusive discounts. Mention Championship Vision Podcast to your sales rep when you call in. For more information, visit drdishbasketball.com or call 952-873-2633. And remember, the Championship Vision Podcast and Dr. Dish Basketball is supporting the Legends at the Grove Clinic September 24th, 2021 at Walnut Grove High School. Sign up now.